Welcome, everyone, to the Family and Stories podcast, where stories are always told by those who live them without the filters of pride and pretense. In my last podcast, we talked to a gentleman about how God ordered his footsteps, but the path that he led him on was not necessarily the one that he envisioned. And this is true with my guest today as well. She's been on the staff of the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, for 20 years. She served as chaplain for the WNBA Houston Comets, and I think in their first four world champion victories. She is now the coordinator of chaplains for the entire WNBA. She was a high school coach for 11 years in basketball, and she's had the privilege of discipling professional alumni, Olympic athletes, and coaches from all walks of life, and really helping them and their their players navigate that road between God and sports, which is really difficult for a lot of young people. She was also served as a chaplain for the uh, USA basketball team in the Athens Olympics and had opportunities to speak to athletes from around the world in a big, huge public setting. Her name is Felicia Como, and it's a privilege to have you with us today, Felicia. Thank you for coming. It's a, a pleasure to be here, Grandpa Jimmy. <laughs> I love that name, Grandpa Jimmy. I remember we were talking, you said, I don't think I can call you Jim. I have to call you Mr. Jim or Grandpa Jimmy. And I, I like Grandpa Jimmy, so that'll work, Felicia. <laughs> well, you know, I want to talk about your mom and dad in just a little bit because they played such an important role in your life. But before I do that, give our listeners a little history of your uh, athletic career, would you please? Absolutely. Um, I started playing sports at a very young age, uh, probably about five years old, and uh, and just played all the way through that. Uh, went to high school, played four sports in high school, played basketball, volleyball, soccer, and softball. Uh, played softball and soccer year-round. Um, didn't even play. AAU basketball because uh, we had a we had a camp uh, camp Como on our driveway every day as my brothers took me to school daily. Oh, and, so you uh, had coaches and, and they were big brothers. <laughs> I had big brothers. They were my coaches. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, so I kind of went to the school of hard knocks, and those guys uh, did not take anything. I mean, they 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 punished me every day. I mean, they made me tough, and so I, I appreciated that. They often. Um, Told me you got you got to tell me thank you for that scholarship we got you. <laughs> like I, I did work right, and so I, I left high school, went to the University of Houston where I played basketball and soccer. Fell more and more in love with Jesus, and I mean, God got a hold of my heart, and, and the rest is history. So, well, on on your uh, uh, your tenure at Houston University, that was actually a full ride scholarship, wasn't it? Absolutely, I got a full ride to play basketball there. Um, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more because there's a neat story <laughs> with that and with your mom and dad. Tell us just a little bit uh, about your relationship with your mom and dad. Man, my parents are awesome. Uh, they are unbelievable. Every every time we had something, every time we were at something, um, they were there. Uh, the one of the things I love about them is that um, they kept us grounded. Um, I think our I think my parents knew that we were pretty good at the things that we were doing, but they never let us uh, know it to the point where we could get big headed about it. Um, they kept us grounded. They, they made us, I mean, we worked so hard to get to those places and, 
you know, we're a lot of times we're the captains of our teams are, are you know, we, we held some, some pretty good high places on teams that we played on. But our, but my parents, man, they just, they just kept us so grounded. They wanted us to work, but they also wanted us to realize the gift that we were being given. And so I think that was such a, that was such a great point. I, the, the one thing I love about it too is that it was about perspective. Uh, I think they, they just kind of helped us to see perspective all the time. We never got a chance to take ourselves too seriously. You, you never got a chance to really, oh man, I'm the best person on my team. Are you really? That would have been, that would have come back to us. Are you really? You know, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, hey, you're here to help your team. You're here to be a part of your team. You're help, you're here to help your team advance. Never think of yourself more highly than you ought to really is basically what they were saying, uh, so often. So I think it's just perspective, helping you to understand where you are and how you function in that. The other thing that I loved about them was this, is that um, I played soccer year round. And so a lot of those games ended up on the weekends. And and just as I, you and I talked about this, my daddy would say, okay, you got a game on Sunday, but guess what? We're going to church first. So you can get dressed in the back of the car, but we're going to church. And I think what that showed me was that, man, let's put the first things first. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. So, your, so your, your mom and dad were strong believers. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things my dad said is that when they moved from Louisiana to uh, to Texas, nobody had to tell them to go find a church. Uh, nobody had to tell them that, hey, you need to go uh, dive in somewhere and get plugged into a church and become a part of a community. That's something that they wanted to do, and that, and that just became something that we did as well. And and my guess is you didn't have an option. <laughs> you know what? We didn't have an option, but it never, it never felt pushed. It never felt like they were pressing it against us. Um, I always enjoyed being in Sunday school. I enjoyed uh, go, going and being in all those places. I, I grew up in a charismatic Catholic church. Come on, man. Yeah, you, there you go. You, you put those two words together. But, uh, but the church I grew up in talked about salvation. We read the Bible. We had Bible study. And, um, and I think all those things just, just put a mark on my heart. Yeah, absolutely. My parents are, are just phenomenal in that way. Well, you know, there was one story you were telling me about, Felicia, that I thought was really cool. And it had to do with, a, I don't remember if you said it was junior high or high school, but the game was at the end and you had to make a three-point shot. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was in, uh, I was in college at this time and we're playing against the University of Memphis. They're, I think, like the number 23 team in the nation at that time. They had the number one scorer in the nation for sure. She averaged like 28 points a game. Coming to the end of the game, five seconds left. You got to make a three-pointer to, to go into overtime. Well, we go to we have a timeout. We set it up. Everybody knows who's going to shoot the ball. It's me, baby. And so You're ready. You're ready. That's it. I'm ready, and I'm ready. And I get in there, and I, and I get an opportunity. I turn, square up, shoot, nothing but the bottom of the net, right? And I, and I make this bucket. We go into overtime. And um, we end up losing the game in overtime by two. And I'm walking up the stairs after the game to talk to my parents. And as soon as I get up there, I was like, Daddy, can you believe that? Can you believe I made that shot? You will not believe it. And he stopped me and he said, you know what's wrong with you? And I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than a pat on the back, he says, you know what's wrong? And he said, you know what's wrong with you? He said, you've always been great. You've never believed it. And, and I'm telling you, I just. He said, you're supposed to make that shot. You shot that same shot a hundred times in our driveway. You're, you were supposed to do that. You've always been great. You've never believed it. And I think in that moment, it, it just, it just did something to me. You know, it, uh, one, it made me chase greatness from that point on. Uh, but two, it's something about 
the people in your life, your parents speaking into you, um, the things that they've always seen in you, but you've never fully grasped. So somehow they had the ability to balance your skill level and encourage you to be great and at the same time keep you grounded. Now, that's a fine line. I wonder how they did that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a fine line. And I think there were there were times there were, and I, I tell you how they did it. Um, they did it in just those type of moments. Because um, that moment, if I really felt like I was so good, then I would have come up there with confidence and said that to him. But instead, I came up there very humbly thinking, man, I can't believe I made that shot, which which is really speaks to them and to what they have taught us all to that time. Right. And all through that point, you know, that I would come up there with that sort of attitude and then we'd have to come back and correct me. Hey, you've always been great. I, I found that uh, young people who have a father who's a godly father and does what your dad did, it's really easy to understand God, your father. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I can't even tell you the number of times as an adult now, when I when I go and visit my parents, I spend night with my parents, or we go to, uh, to visit our family in Louisiana. Um, when I wake up and my daddy's on the side of the bed praying on his knees, still. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's such a great picture, you know, it's just such a great picture. But I think at the same time, you know, there, there have been lots of times too, in that he's just, um, he's been such a blessing. My parents have been such a blessing, but I think my grandparents were so awesome. Um, I spent a lot of time with, with older people. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, you know, and, in learning and basically cleaning all of that. Um, and just kind of all of that is kind of manifesting now over time. You know, I think there's seeds sown through prayer that you won't see until generations later. Um, I think there's seeds sown in prayer that you can see the manifestation of that now. And I see that from my grandparents and from my parents. Well, you know, there, and there are so many young people out there that have not had that in their background like you have had. And boy, they, they need a chaplain. They need somebody to help them. So here's an important decision that you made that you told me about. When you graduated from the University of Houston, you were ready to go pro. What happened? Tell us about that. Yeah, you know what? I I, I really thought that God's desire for me was to play basketball, to go and, and play basketball professionally. I tried out for a couple of teams here, one in the WNBA, one in the ABL, which is the American Basketball League at that time. And it got to the last cuts in both of those things. And then I just said, God, I know the switch. I feel like this is what you want me to do, right? So I just continued to pursue playing basketball. And at this point, I had just graduated. I had probably a couple months out of college at this point, but I'm just really feeling that. And I'm training. I'm doing all these things. Well, probably six months into my training or so, I just said, God, is this still something you want for me? I should have never asked that question. The answer that's coming back is going to totally, totally mess me up, right? And so I should have never asked that question, but I, I did. Um, and, and really what happened was that I, I ended up going on a 30-day fast, 30th day of my fast. And I was like, just like God, to wait to the end. The 30th day, the 30th day of my fast, uh, I, I opened my devotion and it says, surrender your dreams and seek my will. So I put the basketball down, picked my Bible up full time. And that was it. I stopped playing and, and God transitioned me into full-time ministry. And you don't know what surrender looks like until you leave it all. Right. You don't know what I mean, surrender. And that was a decision. It wasn't something forced on you. You actually made a conscious decision that you were going to give up your dream and follow the Lord. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and here's how you know, all throughout scripture, there's all types of places where God is asking people to leave things to go to where he needs them to be, um, to leave things and to walk into purpose. And this is one of those situations where I felt like, man, I'm living out scripture right now in this moment. And God is asking me to surrender everything. And you had no idea where you were headed. I had no idea. Surrender with no plan. <laughs> you know, so I want you to surrender all of this to do whatever I have for you. But I don't even know what that is yet. You know, um, a, a young girl who had been planning all of her life, every step, you with your parents. And then all of a sudden, no plan. No plan. No plan. You know, and, and I had been working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes part time at that point, And I just knew that, OK, my first step was, OK, let's go part. Let's go full time now. And um, and then God began to give me basketball back, uh, but not in the way that I thought before. Right. And so my first assignment was to become the chaplain for the Houston Comets. And in that moment, what God showed me was that I never meant for you to be on the other side of the basketball. I wanted you to be in a position where you could influence the influencers. And and and, and when he showed me that, it, it changed everything. My goodness. And in the midst of that, didn't you even do a commercial or something? I did. You know, while I was training, while I was training, I'm, um, I'm in a gym. I'm the only girl in the gym. I'm playing pickup with, with a bunch of guys and some Nike reps walk in the gym and they see me playing and they say, Hey, you want to be in a commercial? I thought, man, is it this easy? <laughs> so I, I said yes. And next thing I know, I'm playing one on one with a bull, but I did it. <laughs> and so, in a Nike commercial with Charles Barkley and Cynthia Cooper and, and um and playing one on one with a bull, so that's my claim of fame right there. Well, but what's really cool is that is that that's something you would expect if you were a pro, but not doing what you were doing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, and if you ever bored, sometimes just just go to YouTube. You can find it. it, it it's there. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that's funny how God brought you a Nike commercial, and, and here you were going to change from being the athlete to the coach or the counselor or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. So let me ask you a question. You've dealt with a lot of of professional, non-professional athletes, people at the highest levels. Give us some of the common issues that you find among young people that are athletes. What, what are some of the things you find that you really have to address? This this might help parents who have outstanding athletes for children. Absolutely. I think um, I think identity. Um, it doesn't matter the level. Uh, identity is the biggest issue. Um, and it's really what happens is they begin to identify themselves with performance in their sport. Uh, if you ask somebody, what, hey, uh, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Um, one of the first things that somebody's going to say, especially if they're an athlete, is I play basketball. I play softball. They begin to identify themselves with their sport. But that's not who you are. That's what you do. And, and so I think the biggest thing that we're, we try to help people is to help them to understand the intersection of how God wants to use what they do and the gifts in, involved in that to promote the gospel, to share their God-given gifts through whatever it is that they've been called to do. But to separate that, hey, you're not your performance. <laughs> you, you, you are not that thing that you get paid to do. Um, but this is who you are. You're a child of God. You're, you're, the, you're the most high. You're the apple of his eye. You know, and we just begin to speak a life into them. And I think that's the biggest thing right there is that, um, and, and I can go back and say that for my own life, my parents never allowed me to think of myself as 
based on what I did. They always saw me for who I was. And I think that's the, the most important thing. And I can't tell you the number of parents where I've seen in the stands, even now, just coaching on the sideline for the last 11 years, and even being on the sideline as a chaplain for a football team, is to hear the parents um, uh, just talking to their kids based on performance or based on what they're doing. And, it's not, and I know what good voices sound like, and I know what bad voices sound like. You've, you've heard it, haven't you? Absolutely. You know, and good voices come with correction. And so if, if you're a parent, I, I basically I could say this as best as I could from listening to my own dad. I, I can remember being in Reunion Arena, and we're at a Southwest Conference Tournament. There's probably about 15,000 people in the stands. And all I heard in the stands was this. Bring your elbow in. Hold your follow through. There's 15,000 people in the stands, but only one voice. I only heard one voice. And it was the voice of my parents. And it was the voice of my daddy correcting my shot from the stands. And you could hear him in the midst of that crowd. And I, didn't, and, and, I was, and I was so tuned in to the game, but the only voice I heard was the voice of correction. And that's what you need to hear, right? So what does a kid need to hear from the stands from a parent? A voice of correction. Not condemnation, um, uh, correction. Not condemnation, but correction. A voice, a voice of encouragement. Um, uh, my parents were my biggest cheerleaders. And so they're not only they're cheering me on, but they're correcting what I'm doing, my skill, not, they're not berating me. They're not, they're not killing me with their words, uh, but they're giving me life while I'm playing. And I think that's the thing that I would just encourage people, man, give them life while they're playing, um, encourage them and strengthen them and build into them as they're performing. It makes a difference. It, it matters. Uh, I'm telling you, it, it matters in so many different ways. I'm talking to a professional athlete. And she said, there's nothing better than knowing that you guys are in the stands praying for us and that you're for us. Well, you know, some of these people that are at the professional level, it's so intense. Now, I've never done that, but I've talked to people who have. And when there's so much money on the line, there's so much intensity. That is a very difficult thing to separate. It, it is. It is. But, you know, the, the biggest thing about it, though, is it's about perspective. And this is what I told them. I said, um, it's about it's a matter of freedom. When you feel freed up, then you play your best. When you feel freed up, then you do your best. When you feel freed up, man, you perform at your best. Why? Because I'm not worried about performance. I'm playing for an audience of one. God is my only, God is the only person there. I can shut everybody else out. I can shut everything else down. When I focus and I realize that, man, I am playing for God alone. It's in Him that I live, move, and have my very best. When I realize that, then now I'm free. I'm freed up to give you my best because my best is not based on what you think. My best is on best and what you think. But I tell you what, that, that is a lesson. I've done the same thing. I've been to football games and basketball games when our kids were in high school. Some of the things that parents say, it's just horrible. And they start yelling at the coaches and they're mad at everybody. And it's yeah. like the world revolves around the performance of their son or daughter. It's just horrible. And I think that's what we do. You know, as a, as a chaplain, chaplains bring perspective. Uh, help players to understand perspective, um, help them to understand that not only are we trying to spur you on since so you can be your best, but we also want you to be your God best. Um, and if we know that if we can get you to a place where you're at your God best, then you'll be your best in every other situation in your life. It's a byproduct. It's going to be a byproduct. Yeah, seek, know, yeah, so, seek, I, seek ye first uh, the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added into you. All of it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's a little change of subject, but I think it's kind of interesting. We're in this time now of COVID-19 and all the shutdowns and so forth. How is this affecting the WNBA? They have located to a solitary site. And so they are also going to Florida, just like the NBA has. And so they are on a, a secluded site playing all of their games. They're going to play their season out there. Um, each, each franchise is going to play 22 games. And so basically three games a day for 50 days. So 150 games. In 50 days. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but now there's some opportunities I, that are coming through this, though, correct? Absolutely. You know, um, we're, we're finding ourselves in some uh, some great opportunities to partner with them and, and really just to love on them and encourage them. And so our chaplains right now are sending care packages to all of their teams and, and filled with, with whatever they need. And we're also in a position right now where we're just we're sending just love. Um, we're going to provide for them pregame chapels and and also Bible studies and, and prayer time and whatever else they need while they're away. And so we're going to do all that stuff virtually, but it's going to be available. And a lot of these things, uh, some things are what we've always done and other things are going to be some new things that we're going to start with them as well. And so, but not only to the athletes and to the players, but we're going to provide for the administrators and coaches as well uh, during this process and during this time. We're going to minister to the whole league. Uh, that's that's our process right now. That's that's going to be our mission. So, so you might say you have a captive audience for a while here. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've had a little bit of a captive audience for these last four months. So, absolutely. Well, you know, it seems like this thing, this COVID nineteen, has really given a lot of people that are doing the kinds of things you're doing opportunity to speak to people where they wouldn't have otherwise. Even though you've traveled all over, speaking to junior highs and high schools and colleges and so forth. This is a little different opportunity that's opening a lot of doors, isn't it? We've kind of transitioned into a lot of live broadcast and, and things like that. We, we try to do a Facebook live show every Friday at 1 p.m. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell, tell us about your live show is why we're talking about that. Uh, you know, and, and, what we, and what we're doing is a lot of like what you're doing right now. You know, we're, uh, we're just um, we're interviewing some athletes, some coaches, um, uh, just people from the community. We're, we're interviewing uh, pastors and, and all those different types of people and just opening up the word and seeing how the word relates to our world and how that word can help us encourage us during this time. Yeah. So every Friday, 1 PM central standard time, Facebook live, FCA South Houston. And, um, and then we also do a a 12 PM show on Fridays on Instagram, uh, FCA South Houston. So. Well, as, as long as you're giving us this information, I mean, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you personally or talk to you or ask you questions, how would they get a hold of you? How should they reach you? Yeah, you could uh, you could just send me a, a message on uh, on either one of those platforms, actually. Um, so on Facebook, FCA South Houston, um, and on Instagram at FCA South. That's the best way, rather than just email. Yeah, you could you or you could definitely email me at fcomo at fca.org, and the Como is very French, C-O-M-E-A-U-X. I know, I saw that the first time, and I'm going, how am I going to pronounce that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know French, that's for sure. And, you know, everybody calls you, we talked about this, we had fun with it, Felicia, but it's really Felicia, isn't it? It is. It really is. Well, you know, uh, the, the first half of my life, I think I spent uh, misspelling my name, and so... When I first learned how to spell it, I spelled it F-E-L-E-C-I-A. And it wasn't until I got to junior high that my parents were like, you know, you've been spelling your name wrong for the last six years. (laughs) Come on, are you serious? I got all these nicknames now. I can't go back on that. 
And so it is what it is. <laughs> so, well, you know, one are. thing I, I would like for you to do just for a moment, and we've, we've touched on that, we've talked about it a little bit, but if you were going to say something, to parents and children where there's a lot of this athletics involved, what, what would you just like to say to both the parents and the kids involved in athletics right now? I would say this. I would say uh, put God first. Um, I, I saw it. My, my parents made, made sure that was, that was true for me. Uh, put God first. Put God first. Um, I, I try to, as an athlete and, and then later on as a coach, to put God in everything. Um, as an athlete, I was praying with my teammates um, in high school. I, I was sharing the gospel with my teammates in high school. By the time I got to college, I was sharing the gospel with my teammates. I would say if you've got to be in a position to put God first, recognize that your gift is from him. And so what are you doing? Every time you get an opportunity, you are praising. It is an act of worship. Your play, your coaching, your cheering, whatever you do, it is an act of worship to our God. So I would say put God first. And then the reality is, is that, man, if you don't know him and you want to know him, it's real simple. God loves you. <laughs> it is clear that sin has separated us. But guess what? Jesus has paid the price. And really, yes. there's only one question. Will you trust Jesus with your life? You know, will you trust Jesus with your life? That's all he wants to know is will you trust him with your life? You know, and I think that's, a, that's an opportunity for us. And I'm so glad that uh, my parents put that in front of me early. And I would say, parents, man. Put your kids in a position where they can learn to know who the Lord God is at an early age. It will not depart from them. I promise. It will not depart. <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting thought that it won't depart because I'm sure in college you had temptations as an athlete. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and every time I was tempted and even every time I, I, I went my own way and backslid and did those things, I could not stay there because the spirit of God wouldn't let me. Um, the spirit of God wouldn't, wouldn't allow me to stay in those situations and, uh, and to stay in those environments or, or to get comfortable in any setting that was not, uh, conducive to what the spirit had for me. I'm telling you. And, um, and that's, and that's how I know that it won't depart from me. Um, cause they won't be comfortable. The scripture even says that God gives grace for a season, you know, that, that this, this foolishness may last for a season. Um, but it's not going to last. It's not going to last. That is so true. Uh, you know, even in my own life, you know, when, you, when you're tempted, years ago when I was younger in different ways, boy, when God's in your heart and you've sold out to him, you just can't walk that. I mean, you might do something one time or try something, but you just can't stay there. You just can't do it. You can't. You can't. There's, there's nothing in you will allow you to do that. There's a grace of God that will protect those who give their life to him. I believe that with all my heart. And you're you're a perfect example of that, that's for sure. So I just I just want to tell you thank you so much, Felicia, for coming on this podcast today and telling us what God has done through you to really touch the lives of these people. I know you're going to be doing a lot more here in the future. Are are you uh, headed for any major events? Well, of course, we don't know what's going to be coming up, I guess, really, do we? <laughs> no, no. I'm just going to continue to do uh, whatever God will allow me to do in this moment. Um, I'm going to start probably putting together some virtual things here, uh, whether it be webinars or, or meetings or, or anything like that, and, and just continue to do as, as many Bible studies as I can with as many kids as I can uh, during this process. So uh, wherever doors open, I'm going to walk through. Well, I'll tell you what, it's wonderful. And uh, 
I just want to thank you so much for taking time to be here. And we'll probably end up doing this again, I'm sure. <laughs> so who are you, oh, who are you rooting for? Are you allowed, that, are you allowed to have a favorite? What team are you rooting uh, for? No, I'm not allowed to have a favorite. Well, how about <laughs> men's basketball? You could have a favorite there. I could have a favorite there. Um, well, I, I grew up a Laker fan. <sighs> I got to go with the hometown team. I got to go with the Rockets. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much. God bless you. And all of you who are listening, thank you for taking the time to listen. I believe this is a message. If you have kids that are athletes, this is important to get this message to your kids, and it will save them a lot of problems in the future. So thank you all for listening. God bless you. 